To become a jeweler, there are many pathways, one of which is to choose a course to support you in both learning the technical, design and business skills, but also navigating the ever-changing context we are finding ourselves in. As we have established through the many conversations I've had in previous podcast episodes, the next generation of jewelers will have to navigate a landscape where digital and physical realities offer both opportunities and challenges. At the British Academy of Jewellery, a new course is being launched in collaboration with Kingston University, in which these and other topics are to be covered. One person behind the wheel of the BA Honours in Jewellery Design and Production is Holly Paxton, who has been appointed the year one lead of the programme, which is starting in September. To talk to her about her diverse career in jewellery to date, her collections addressing sustainability and her work for Netflix, Apple Play and the BBC, as well as her vision for the programme and what she thinks are the important skills jewellers need to gain to be successful in the future, I have invited Holly to the BAJ podcast. So without further ado, I would very much like to welcome Holly Paxton. Thank you for joining me, Holly. It's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So Holly, to start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So yeah, so I work broadly across the jewellery industry. So recently, yep, I've been doing a lot of work for film and TV. So I recently made about like 30, maybe about 35 pieces for a Netflix film called Pentaveret. It was a Mike Myers film. Mike Myers uh, produced this one, which was, which was a lot of fun. Uh, making medallions and rings. Um, you know, they're really fast-paced projects, which I really enjoy. Quite uh, high pressure, uh, but it's great fun to do. Then I made pieces for a BBC production about witches. And then at the moment, I'm working on one for Apple TV, which is one that Noel Fielding is collaborating with. So it's a comedy. So I've been making some really large pieces for that one as well. Uh, but I also have a contemporary and conceptual side to my practice. Um, I guess it's the arty side. Um, that's my one of my big passions. So, yeah, those pieces, you know, I have to do a lot of research about them. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that side, but they take a lot longer to make. You know, these collections can take you know, six months to to make rather than two weeks. Uh, then I also have a bespoke side to my practice, which is mainly engagement rings and wedding rings. And I really enjoy that side too. You know, it's making something that's really important to somebody, you know, making pieces that hopefully will last a lifetime or beyond. And then I also have a teaching side to, to what I do as well, mainly on the, the technical side. So teaching techniques, which I absolutely love. And yeah, so it's a bit of a portfolio career, I would say. And you initially undertook a degree in fine art and later changed direction to focus on jewellery. What inspired this decision and how does a degree in jewellery perhaps differ from other qualifications in the creative arts, in your opinion? So, yeah, I came to London and I studied a painting degree at Camberwell College of Arts. But in my summer holiday, I needed a bit of cash and I just decided to um, start a jewellery business selling on market stalls such as Spitalfields and Portobello Market. And I absolutely loved it. I loved making the jewellery. I loved the connection with the customer. I loved how much you had to do. So I had to make a website, I had to make the packaging. Uh, and then 
you know, it went all right and started selling in places like Harvey Nichols and also celebrities started wearing my work and I was in magazines and yeah, it was just great fun. But at the same time, I had no idea about anything. Like I couldn't solder, I couldn't make a jump ring. I didn't know the absolute basics. And I decided I want to take this a bit more seriously. And I managed to get a place at Central St. Martin's. And yeah, so I decided to change and move to that course. And it was a lot more technical. You know, there's some technical side to painting, but it was very technical, technically led. And there was so much to learn about design, techniques. You know, in my painting degree, I think I was frustrated with how much concept you had to give, you know, to a painting, you know, you would have crits for hours, like talking about what is this painting about? And in a way, when I moved, I thought I'd be getting away from that, but I wasn't. I think I think the like, conceptual side was still inside me somewhere, but I liked the fact that, you know, it wasn't expected that you had to have this heavy concept about your work. You, it could be a bit lighter, and I, I quite enjoyed that. And when you say conceptual jewellery, what do you feel is conceptual jewellery? I guess it's jewellery that says more. It's not just a stone on a ring, which also says something. But, you know, there, there might be something a little bit deeper. You know, if you kind of ask a few questions or think a bit longer about the piece, you know, it's saying something. I always remember Caroline Broadhead when I brought her something that I was working on when I was studying and she said you know this piece is really quiet and it always stuck with me you know to try and make pieces that say say something. So there's an underlying message to the piece and and an idea that inspired its shape? Yeah it's it's shape it's concept that that's the jewel with it I I find interesting anyway that has something something more to it than just it's a it's a pretty bit of pretty bit of jewelry and then you have taken on the role of year one lead of the ba honors in jewelry design and production at bha what are your ambitions for the course yeah it's a really exciting role uh, i'm really looking forward to getting started well i guess my ambition would be to help develop a course that has a grounding in excellent skills and material knowledge which is what I think BAJ is known for already. But I'd also hope to inspire students and support them to be really curious. I think that's a really important attribute. Uh, Curious about new materials, techniques, both traditional and new. Maybe looking at things like augmented reality, even touching on coding. And I guess the ambition would be to open students' worlds up by analysing different cultures, different perspectives. I think um, I'd hope to spark some sort of like entrepreneurial side as well in students, helping them to be resourceful, um, encouraging them to take measured risks. And importantly, I I think that students would be agile and resilient when graduating. I think that's really important uh, now. Technology is changing so fast. When I graduated, there was no 3D printing. No, there was none of that. Uh, There was no augmented reality. You know, I think students need to embrace this kind of rapid change. Yeah. And also for students to be aware of the sort of challenges and potential dangers of, 
you know, how technology is changing with, with augmented reality, fake news, and to meaningfully contribute to the debates and discussions that these, you know, ideas bring up. How important are technical skills in a jury qualification, you think? I think they're incredibly important. Um, I think, especially in first year, you need that grounding in technical skill just to allow you to have creative freedom when you're in second year and third year. You know, you don't want to be in third year thinking about all your ideas and your collection and, and then struggling with soldering something basic. You know, you have to have the the, the, the basics covered already. Um, so, yeah, I'd say they're incredibly important. And do you see that technical skills will continue to be a necessity to have in this highly digitally enabled world? Well, I think um, you can really tell when somebody's gone straight to making the work in a package like Rhino. You know, they've gone straight to making it on the computer. You know, there's a can be a bit of a disconnect. I mean, I've done it myself where I've been making engagement rings on a computer and then I've printed it off and it's like everything's much smaller than I imagine because you're working really large on the computer and then when you print it, it's tiny. And so you sort of guess that get that kind of disconnect with reality and 3D objects that you're holding. So I think I think there's always going to be a, a place for you know physical like making I think there's always going to be a place for tinkering and uh, playing with materials and some people just work better designing through making as well you know I'm one of those people that make things much better through just making it and seeing how it comes out you know a bit of trial and error. What is covered when students undertake professional practice modules? So this is the module I wish I had, you know. I think um, a lot of courses, jewellery design courses, don't really have this focus in their course. Maybe it might be lightly touched upon, but, you know, it's not really integrated in their course. And it's a module that would be looking at marketing and branding. There'll be a real focus on business models and pricing. And looking at also, really importantly, conscious and sustainable design. Um, so we'll be looking at different industries, we'll be breaking it down, uh, we'll be looking at contemporary and conceptual jewellery, like how do those people actually earn a living? You know, the realities of it, because, you know, maybe they'll be doing, you'll be having a portfolio career, you know, how do those people earn a living? Also, fashion and high street jewellery, really taking an in-depth look at those, those sectors, and also fine jewellery as well. So analysing how all these industries work. I think it's a really important module. I think if I'd had this module at college, yeah, maybe I'd be still running my business that I started in my painting degree. I think I'd have a better understanding of pricing and how to grow a business. My business, you know, the pricing was just totally off. I was putting in loads of hours and just not earning a profit. And I think that happens for a lot of companies. It's, it's hopefully going to help students have a better understanding of business, how to grow a business, and, you know, they'll be ready to, you know, get going when they when they graduate. The course has a critical and historical studies component as well. Why is it important students develop an understanding of their context? Well, students need to have a grounding in the history of jewellery. I think that's really important. And also a knowledge of the debates and themes that um, contemporary jewellers are having. I think I think really it just enriches your designs. 
and it pushes you to think a little bit differently. I think the richer the things you're seeing, you're reading, you're talking about, the more interesting your work becomes. You know, students are going to be making work, um, putting it out there in the world. They need to be aware of how the work might be received and of different perspectives. And I think if they're challenging norms, for example, they might get some critical feedback. But if they've analysed what they've made from as many angles as possible, they're going to have, you know, response to that feedback. They'll start having a dialogue. If I think back to something that I made when I was at the Royal College, I made this piece. It was all about gentrification of an area. And I made this very British piece. I don't know if you know, there's these rings and they have mum or sister on. Have you ever seen those rings? Yes. Well, I made this piece and I made a really enlarged version of that. I, I made the ring into a bangle and it said sort of like Deptford on it. And afterwards, I just thought, you know, it's only possibly British people or people living in England that might know what this piece is about. You know, it's lost in different cultures and in different places. So maybe, you know, if somebody, maybe if it was shown in Japan, they'd have no idea what I was kind of trying to say. So, yeah, I'd like to avoid that happening with the students. <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, crits can have a really important role in this, you know, getting different opinions of peers and different tutors, you know, and hopefully that will have been prevented in a way. Or I would have, if I'd had a crit about that piece, maybe I would have positioned it a little bit more differently. Yeah, so I'd say it's really important aspect to the course. I guess writing plays a little bit of a part in this contextual studies. And because if you were to have written something about your piece and had a, a little plate underneath it, that people could maybe access the cultural and historical context that you were working from. The course has or includes a dissertation. Mm hmm. Is writing, do you think, then an important skill to learn for jewellery students? Well, I've got to admit, I'm not a massive fan of writing, mainly because it just doesn't come naturally to me. I'm a maker. But when I wrote my dissertation for my BA, I really noticed how the research actually helped me. You know, just opened my eyes to, to different things that are, are going on in the industry and different writings. And it just helped to enrich what I was doing. I think I actually wrote about chained to craft. Um, <laughs> can jewellery ever be seen as art? And I was looking at that kind of dialogue coming from a fine art background as well and, and, and noticing how jewellery wasn't really being totally accepted as art at that time and kind of looking further into that. So, yeah, I guess the writing really actually did help me kind of navigate the ideas that I was kind of grappling with uh, but writing today doesn't necessarily have to look like you know the very academic style of writing that I did you know that was about 10 years ago now it can be in many forms and it could be much more of a creative process it could be much more visual I know sometimes it can actually include film it, it could be in many forms but it's a really I would say it's a really important aspect of the course what careers do you hope the programme will prepare students for? I would hope the students have knowledge and skills to start their own jewellery studio or business and also a grounding in how that would actually work financially, like being realistic, uh, maybe working for a jewellery designer or in a company, potentially even, you know, 
partially teaching, you know, a lot of jewellers actually take on a teaching role as well. It could be in preparation for a more academic career, maybe leading on to a master's or even a PhD. But in the course, we're covering quite a broad set of skills. So, so students could go into marketing, branding, product development, CAD, or progress into a range of creative industries. I think even though the course has a focus on jewellery, there's the opportunity for students to take the transferable skills they've learned and forge their own path. In combination with your educational work, you do have a very diverse portfolio career, as you've mentioned earlier, working for fashion designers, TV, creating your own collections. Why was this type of career attractive to you? I really like the diversity, I'd say, in what I do. No day is the same. Um, I'm working with lots of different people, which I love. I like all the different skills that I have to use and techniques that I have to use. You know, if I'm working for a film and TV piece, sometimes it'll be just purely making the piece, no designing, sometimes quite fun. And other times I'll be designing it from scratch and I'll get quite interesting briefs. So once I had to make a piece for a character that was a drug dealer and the they said, oh, he's Mexican, he's a drug dealer, he's a nasty character. And so then I made a mood board of all these like imagery of carcasses and lots of kind of death scenes. And I started drawing, so making lots of different designs from this mood board. And then I'd send that to the costume designer, they'd send it to the director and come back with their feedback. And then feeding off of that, then I'd come come up with maybe one or two designs, kind of refining the designs, and then start making making models first. I'd, I'd actually making plasticine first, uh, so it looked really lo-fi. Then getting their feedback once again, and then making the real thing. So it, it's quite a lengthy process, but really fast because it's super fast pace. I think for that one, I had two weeks to make it, and. I really love love the process and it's really quite um, it's quite fun to see it on the screen afterwards. There was a little premiere of that film. And uh, so so yeah, we went to go and see the film and see the ring the ring on the big screen. But yeah, I, I, but then at the same time I also love working with couples, you know, making engagement rings and, and wedding rings as well. It's a really important piece of jewellery. And is it like me, Holly, that when you work on commissions uh, for wedding and engagement rings, you get the opportunity to work with metals or materials that are not always part of your toolbox when you're doing something else? True, true, yeah. So I do actually really love working with gold. You know, it has properties. So like Polishing gold is just, it's just like butter. <laughs> It's really such a nice material to work with. And also, you know, I'm not really a diamond person. You know, I am married, but I don't have an engagement ring with a diamond on top. But when I work with diamonds, you just can get really captivated by a diamond. They, they really like draw you in. Your personal work, which includes a collection of rubbish themed jewellery, touches upon topics of, for example, sustainability. How important do you think is the topic of sustainability for contemporary makers and how can designers engage even their audiences for jewellers, for example, their wearers in the discussions? 
So I think it's a really important topic for designers and it will be a really important thing for our students at BAJ to, to know about, to address, to talk about. I, I think it's an important thing for designers to know where the materials come from and the social and environmental costs of their, their work. Also thinking about material afterlife, you know, it's something that I struggle with, with the work I make for film and TV. You know, I make this jewellery that maybe has, you know, a life of, what, a few days? And then what happens to it? You know, the last thing I did was actually made from solid silver because of the time restraints. And I said to them, you know, it's silver. Go and recycle it afterwards. You know, it's worth something. Uh, It's maybe something that I might start working in because, you know, at least it has a life after the production. And... There's some really great designers that have made it an important part of their work. I mean, Sean Evans, she did a collection that made sure not to waste anything. So she's looking at offcuts. Um, Ute Decker, she's got a great and amazing knowledge of uh, sustainability. And also even high-end fashion jewelers like Annabella Chan. She's looking at lab-grown crystals. And she's also done work even using recycled aluminiums out of cans, like beautiful, quite fine pieces, but looking at sustainability concerns. Yeah, I think the climate crisis, material knowledge is a real, really big thread that I'd like to run across the whole course. You know, everything we, we do, we need to be thinking about it. The first thing, one of the first projects, hopefully, we'll be doing will actually be um, learning the skills with copper coins, like recycled, uh, disused copper coins. So instead of using new materials, we'll be using coins to to learn how to drill, um, to learn how to pierce out metal. You've yourself made a collection in in response to sort of bring attention to sustainability. Could you tell us more about the rubbish collection? What is it about, and what brought you to make it so I was looking at the way in which we value materials so I was making what looks like rubbish like thing little bits of rubbish that you'd find on the street but out of precious materials so turning it on its head with materials just looking at how we might reassess how we value that object just because it's made in precious materials so um, I've recently worked with a um, photographer who took the pieces to the Dead Sea, where they were looking at the the litter and the rubbish that's in the Dead Sea. So they were highlighting climate change and rubbish pollution. So it's something that a lot of new designers are really paying attention to. And it's something that I wanted to highlight in my work. I find um, sustainability, uh, personally, I find it very important to me. If you could give yourself one piece of advice upon graduating, starting out in the field, what would it be? I would say to myself uh, and other students, just have confidence in yourself. Believe in yourself. I often see, you know, people that are succeeding are often the most confident ones. They, they, They have belief in themselves and, you know, don't wait for things to come to you, just go and make them happen. I think a lot of graduates just graduate and then think things are gonna you know, la- land in their lap. And you, know, you need to go and make these opportunities happen. 
yeah, that's, that's what I'd say, I guess. Learning to become a jeweler is a decision not that many people make each year. But as most jewelers or those working in the field would attest to, it can be an incredibly rewarding choice. The industry has so many facets. A career could take you to work collaboratively with other sectors or could mean you join a brand or you set up on your own. To prepare for this variety of opportunities as well as for the future, which is highly likely going to see more and more digital tools become available to us and where sustainability hopefully will play a much bigger role, Courses like the BA Honours in Jewelry Design and Production are being launched to support the next generation. For sharing your insights into your practice and work and for giving us an exciting insight into the programme as well, I would like to thank you a lot, Holly. We are incredibly grateful for your time and very much look forward to seeing what you and the first students on the programme do next. Thank you so very much. Thanks for having me, Sophie. It's been really great to talk to you. Next month, I'll be joined by another guest, so watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Booms for the BAJ podcast episode titled Jewelry Primetime with Polly Paxton. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.